Welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast, your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. And welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? There's, ab- there's absolutely zero going on, right, Daryl, huh? Yeah, I don't believe it. My goodness, you have been, uh, I mean, you're a hard man to get a hold of. The book is on fire. Your LinkedIn is going like crazy. Every time I look at you, you've got a phone in each ear. Uh, congratulations. You've created quite a stir there, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still pinching myself. I'm absolutely pinching myself. So, here, so here's a funny story. So today was my last day as president of Kiwana. So I'm, I'm even grinning more ear to ear than I was about four hours ago. And so five minutes before my meeting and my meeting starts at, at 730 Pacific Standard Time, uh-huh. I have three Kiwanians walk in with my book, pen in hand. They go, will you sign my book? And I just about fell over. <laughs> overjoyed. That's- overjoyed. I go, you got to be kidding me. You bought my book. And they go, I wouldn't miss it. And then three other Kwanians come up to me afterwards and go, I bought my book, your book, while I was at the meeting and I'm sending it to my son. My son's a VP of sales for so-and-so. And I go, this is unreal. I think that just proves what we talked about last week in the podcast, which is the power of a network, not just growing it, but nurturing it. And, um, and we're definitely, I mean, I'm seeing that pay off big time in terms of your life. And, and I think uh, if you missed last week's episode, definitely go back and, and check it out. And speaking of the network, uh, one of the best things, and we're getting ready to introduce today's guest, which is going to be so exciting. I think you're going to love this episode today. But um, we look at the network of Selling from the Heart Champions that's growing around the world right now. Um, it's fantastic. In fact, if you're not a Selling from the Heart Champion yet, uh, just go to sellingfromtheheart.net slash champions. And we want to give a shout out this week to one of our favorite champions. Uh, this guy has just been an incredible motivator. Jay Jensen, or yeah, Jay Jensen, we give a shout out to you. Uh, all the way up in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, uh, lead coach at Car Motivators. Jay, we appreciate the way you've been an advocate and uh, passionate about selling from the heart. And one of the things I love, Larry, is, is we're just seeing a growing movement of people literally coming out of the woodwork saying, you know what, I want to be genuine. I am authentic. Um, I'm passionate about sales and, and uh, just watching this growing network of selling from the heart champions is so exciting right now. You know, I I just, I, I didn't, well, I, I thought it would happen. I just didn't think it would happen this fast as I always say, you know, this is, this is, this is a movement. And I think, I think the time's right. And I think it's about time that people understand that it's okay to be genuine. It's okay to be authentic. It's okay to be the real you. Yes. And I'm going to wave the flag on this one in, in, you know, forever and a day that, you know, not only do you deserve it, but your clients and your prospects and the employer you work for deserves to be the best version of you. We just kind of pushed it off on the backside for a while because it's been one of those things that has just been left alone because everybody else talks about, everything but themselves and so forth. So, you know, I I have to raise the flag on this one and continue to raise the flag. Well, that's a great transition to today's guest. And I'm so excited today. 
um, on the podcast. We have Kelly Riggs and Kelly, if anyone exemplifies selling from the heart, it's this guy. I mean, just like a ball of passion, energy. Kelly is the author of his latest book, Counter Mentor Leadership, uh, which is a fantastic uh, book about the culture killing generational divide that is demolishing most companies, uh, which I can't wait to read this book. I'm fascinated by it. But uh, Kelly, welcome to the podcast. We're so glad you're here today, man. Hey, hey, listen, I apologize. Hang on, hang on just a second. Um, I'm, you actually caught me right in the middle of something. I'm on, I'm on one of those eBay auctions. And, and right now, the price of a signed book by Larry Levine, Selling from the Heart, it, it's so high, it's stupid, but I'm trying to get this sucker bought, okay? Dude, Riggs, you're, you're killing me, man. Come on, dude. Okay, okay. Dang it, I lost. The auction's over. <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do? What but, you- but, well, I, I tell you, you just put some kids, uh, some parents' kid through college with that book, man. Oh. <laughs> so, so, I got, dude, I have a, because I don't know where this podcast's going to go. So, you, all you guys are listening, you just got to bear with us. But I, I will tell you. And I always say this, we, Daryl and I spoke about it last week, is the power of your network is incredible. And though Kelly and I have never formally met, hopefully soon we will, is if you just engage authentically and, and just be the real person with your network, you'll be amazed the friends that you make. And, and yeah. you know, it, it, it's evident in everyone who's just been pouring their hearts out to me about what they think of my book, which is just, I'm still pinching myself. But Kelly's one of the 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 neatest guys I've met. We've had some great conversations. So I'm really looking forward to this one. Well, hey, let me let me just jump in and add my congratulations. Uh, having, uh, as Daryl mentioned, uh, written a book or two, I know how hard it is and what that journey's like and uh, what, what it's like to finally have it in your hands and have people say, I, I remember the first time, Larry, someone asked me to sign a book. I mean, I was so embarrassed. I'm like, you know, that's weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it just didn't, it didn't feel right. Yeah. Like, Hey, you know, I'm not trying to be something I'm not here. I don't need to sign your book. And they're like, what? <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> well, that's funny. I, I think, uh, you know, as we get started today and I'm so excited about this conversation, but we ask all of our guests, Kelly, a very simple question is, you know, when you, when you think about selling from the heart, I mean, what does that mean to you? What emotions does that bring up inside you as you think about that phrase. Well, you know, I think it's interesting. I think the reason Larry has tapped into something significant with the book is because selling from the heart is, I I think what great professionals understand is how you sell successfully, how you create success over the long term. And I think so many people crave having a salesperson who is like that. I mean, no, no one likes salespeople. I mean, we don't like them. I hate salespeople. (laughs) They're terrible. You know, they're pushy and they're, all they care about is their, you know, how much money they're making their commission and their spiffs and all that kind of jazz. And I, and I think that it, it leads us down a path where people have very negative impressions about salespeople for, for me selling from the heart is that, yes, I'm, I'm trying to build a relationship with you, but I'm not doing it because I want to take your money or that I'm necessarily putting myself first. It's because I know I have something in my bag that is truly going to make a difference to you or your business or your family or something. And, and I believe in it so much uh, that I'm willing to, to overcome rejection and uh-huh. difficulty and barriers and everything just to give you an opportunity to have a piece of it. And it also means that when I figure out that, Hey, this isn't the best fit for you. I'm not the guy that's going to you know cram it down your throat because I need to make that, that sale. 
I, I just think it really is. I mean, it's, they're really overused words in a lot of cases, Daryl, but I think it's about uh, being a real person mm-hmm. in, in sales. You know, I tell people all the time, you would never sell like this or talk to people like this across the fence in the backyard to the backyard neighbor, right? Right. You, you, would, you would never try to convince them of something or, or talk to them about something important to them the way we do as salespeople many times in business. And so, so to me, it's about not being different in my real life than I am in my business life. Yeah. You know, you, you keyed on something that, that, um, cause I struggled with this and I got into many conversations with sales managers over the years on this, when you brought up relationships, because, you know, I remember time and time again, they said, you know what, you have to take this person, right? We can fill in the blank with their job title, but Hey, take them to a ball game or take them out to dinner or do something like that. And you build a relationship. And I refused to do that over the years. And it caused many, you know, (laughs) it caused grief for me because I said, you know what, that's not building a relationship. That's fake. They expect salespeople to do that. And they go, okay, I'm building a great relationship with Kelly because I'm taking Kelly to a ball game. No, you know what? I'm going to build a relationship with you based on I'm a genuine person and you're a genuine person. We're going to truly get to know each other. And I want to find out as much about you as I possibly can so I can help you. To me, that's relationships. I think it's just gotten lost because everyone says, just funnel the relationship aside. Yeah, I, I don't think it's got. I don't think it's gotten lost, Larry. I think people, salespeople, have always misunderstood the concept of what relationship building is like. Mm. And I, I 100% agree with you because it's about sequence, right? If you and I become friends and we begin to build that relationship, and we we both figure out that we're big fans of name your team or your sport or your activity or whatever, and we go. Hey, that'd be fun. Let's go do that. That's a lot different than saying, no, I'm going to take this guy to a ball game because I ultimately want him to buy from me down the road. And so sitting next to him at a ball game is going to help me build a relationship. Could it build a relationship? Yeah, maybe. But uh, the intent typically is just to say, I spent money on you. We're, we're trying to capitalize on the principle of reciprocity, right? I did something right. for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do something for me. Slimy. It's slimy. It's, it's, it's a little slimy. So, I, I, you know, my thing was as a, as a young sales guy, I rarely took people to lunch or dinner or anything like that to get their business. I always took them to lunch or dinner or something to say, thank you for your business. And, and there's a big difference. Yeah. yeah you know, and, and I, and I do the same thing. Cause I can, I can remember boy in, I mean, you both know the channel that I came out of, but I could probably count on one hand over the span of 25 years, how many times I took somebody out to lunch or dinner pre-sale. Right. Yeah. Right. It was, it was always post-sale and so forth, because to me, that's where the whole relationship for me blossomed was post-sale. Yes. Yeah. I agree with you. You know, Kelly, we were talking right for our, our uh, podcast today about kind of three different types of sales reps. And I love the way you categorized the three types of sales reps. Talk to us a little bit about your, uh, the Kelly Riggs category. The three types. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's really interesting when you've been doing this as long as I have, I'm the only guy you've had on your podcast that makes Levine look young. Well, <laughs> that's hard to do. That's hard to do. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I've been telling me smalls. Well, I'm, I'm three decades into this deal. Right. And, and what I think I've seen just about everything, except I know that salespeople are such a creative lot, Daryl, that Everybody, there's always something new out there, but yeah. over the years, I've seen that salespeople always tended to fall to me into three buckets. And I was, I've been in two of them. I never was the third, but the, the first bucket, it, I think is probably the most common. And that's the guy who's the product pusher. You know, he comes yeah. in, he gets hired. He, he knows everything about the product. We've done all of our training, quote unquote, 
built around product knowledge and, and industry knowledge. So that person shows up to a buyer and he just belches all over the guy. You know, he's, he's, it's, it's just information, you know, to the nth degree. And right. he's going to tell you everything he knows about, about his product or service. So we call them product pushers. Mm-hmm. The second guy is a guy that is, and we pay a lot of people to do this. We call them professional visitors. You know, they're getting paid to go, you know, tell jokes and deliver right. donuts and shake hands and talk take about you the, to ball games. Right? Yeah. Take you to ball games, that kind of thing. Uh, the third, the third bucket is I think where you want to be. And that's a true professional business person who is a consultative sales person, mm-hmm. someone that can solve problems and, and deliver you know, things that other people can't because they've mm-hmm. dedicated themselves to the profession. So I, I think the vast majority of salespeople, I mean, listen, you, you look at the statistics that are out there, there's been some big studies done on how effective salespeople are. Only about 6% of salespeople, according to the objective management group, are considered to be the elite of selling. Another 20% are decent. I mean, they're good. The, right. the other 74% not good. The bottom 25% are considered to be hopeless. Now, you tell me where in any business we are willing to accept failure rate at three out of four and and catastrophe at one out of four. We're just not willing to do that, but we routinely do it in the sales department. Wow. And and, and it it, it boggles my mind. And I I know, Kelly, you and I have had these these conversations all over the places. At, At what point? I mean, I really feel at some point the breaking point happens. I just don't know when it's going to happen. But, you know, the reason why I say it is you get to that second person that you described, right? That professional visitor, you know, and I'll throw another word over there, overpriced babysitter. And I write about it in Selling from the Heart is I'm, I'm amazed how many professional visitors are out there that think they're grade A rock solid rock stars mm. when in essence they're, you know, I always use the term empty suit. But management thinks they're just, they're knocking the ball just out of the ballpark. But all they're really doing is shaking hands and taking orders. And, and that's not really doing anything. Oh, well, hey, you know, you hit on something cool there because here's the thing. Salespeople are, are supposed to be good salespeople, right? They're supposed to be able to persuade you. I think salespeople often do a far better job of selling their sales manager than they do selling their own clients. You know, they, they convince the sales manager, man, I'm, I'm, I'm right on the cusp of greatness here. I've got all these opportunities out there, buddy. You got to hang with me because it's getting ready to get good. You know, meanwhile, they're terrible. But so in the big picture, though, you know, Daryl, you and Larry both, I'm sure have seen this. What happens is your good salespeople sell enough to cover up your bad salespeople. So yeah. corporately, we might be hitting our number and we might be hitting our number with maybe a third of our people really rocking the boat, doing well. And we that that allows me to go to up the ladder and go, hey, the department hit our number. We're good. And I don't have to worry about hiring better people, doing better training, be, you know, doing more work with in the field and developing their skills because I, I'm, I can hide. I mean, and because they can hide, you know, if we're hundred percent or somewhere near it as a group, then all the, the guys that aren't that good, they're doing a great job of telling me and selling me that I need to keep them on board a little longer until they get there. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> we're all selling our sales manager. <laughs> so true. I've never heard it expressed that way. I love that. Uh, yeah. D- d- you know, it's interesting. We look at the product pusher, uh, which is, is someone who's very, um, cerebral, right? They, they know a lot. They've got a lot of knowledge. Um, the professional visitor, someone who is very 
uh, you know, we don't discount the importance of relationship, right? Oh, you know, people have to be likable. I mean, of course, but that's where they hang their hat and leave it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if you look at, you know, like a well-rounded sales professional is going to understand, um, they're going to understand their company, their product, their value proposition. Um, They're going to be relationally aware and understand the relational dynamic. But I think, you know, what's missing, and, and I think a lot of sales reps either are one of those two, right? But if you're to look at this, you know, kind of this third thing, which we talk about so much um, in selling from the heart, especially when we talk about getting valuable before you get visible, is the business acumen side of it. Understanding the prospect, the client, you know, what, what is, what's their world? What are their, um, you know, and, and then how can we take our, our value from the company um, combined with the value we bring personally to, to actually deliver something that's going to deliver results for them? And I think, think you know, the, the, the game changer for the sales rep to get to that third category, uh, that professional business person, that consultative uh, person is to take the time to really understand their clients and their clients' goals, objectives, challenges, businesses, you know, business uh, world, all of that. Um, and unfortunately, in the, it, what I've seen in the training world, there's tons of training on sales tactics. There's tons of training on product, but we really don't spend a lot of time learning about our clients. And if there's one thing I think uh, salespeople can do, it's to invest the time to get to know their clients and in particular, get to know their client's business. Um, so rather than slapping their back at a baseball game, hoping you know for some reciprocity, to actually take them out to lunch, uh, their current clients out to lunch, and really learn about their business, learn about um, what they're struggling with, and and in essence, kind of get their clients to take them to school um, so that they can develop that business acumen to be able to be valuable. I mean, that's what's going to put you in the top 6%, right? Yeah, I 100% agree with that. I, I think the challenge that you have is there, there's a, a big picture that creates a lot of this problem mm. and it's perpetuated over and over and over and over again. Of course, you can't listen to any speaker on the planet have too many presentations before you hear that definition of ins- insanity doing of the course, same thing right. over and over, right? So right. Here, here's the challenge. I, I'm a sales manager and I bring in a new person Mm-hmm. And the first thing that I focus on is product knowledge. I mean, they have to know the product. If they look inept in front of customers, we have a problem. Yeah. yeah. But we spend, as you alluded to, almost no time, if any, teaching them about the concept of how business works and what really matters right. to people. And our vocabulary betrays us, Daryl, because yes, sales managers tell their salespeople, you need to go out and make sales calls. Now, by definition, what I'm telling you is you need to go out there and sell something. You need to push something on clients. Yeah. And and I've gotten to the point where just to make the point, I say, look, we need to change our vocabulary. How about we start calling them value creation calls instead of sales calls? Because selling implies something I'm going to do to you. Creating value implies something I'm going to do for you. you And, And that's the whole idea. So you know, we, we, we counsel these young guys all the time. Listen, if, if you don't understand the problems that everyday managers, department heads, CEOs, GMs, business owners have on a regular basis, mm-hmm. then you really can't bring as much value to them as you possibly could because that value doesn't have to be just inside your product line or even inside your company. 
you know, you, you and I spent a ton of time in, in leadership development and those things kind of cross over into the sales leader. But mm-hmm. I know because I've owned businesses, I know that you have problems with with taxes and payroll and insurance and employee retention and, and people not showing up for work and every other thing in the world. And I always needed help with that stuff. Imagine right. the sales guy who says, hey, listen, I know this has nothing to do with what I sell, but I've got some real insight or connections or network or something that will help your business, man, I couldn't get interested fast enough if it really did provide the value I was looking for. Um, you know, yeah. and what's what's really interesting about that is one of the things that, you know, when I work with sales teams, it's one of the questions I always ask because I love, I love putting pen to paper, not fingers to a keyboard when I'm working with some people is, you know, I want them to understand, you know, what is it the value that they're bringing to their prospects or what's the value they're bringing to their clients outside of products, services, solutions, and things like that. And you'll be amazed, Kelly, the blank stares you get. And, and this is, you know, as I'm, as I'm listening to, you know, the conversation here, I go, you know, wouldn't it be something if we taught our salespeople the value of learning the language of their clients and learning the language of their prospects and knowing the multiple people that they're calling on inside these accounts and get to know their roles yeah, well, I think they, the great I think the great ones do that. I do. I, I, I do. But, you know, when I start asking people that question, I always hear this, but we got to sell something the month of here we are as the yeah, right. September. Right. we got to sell something the month of September. And I go, OK, well, this, you're going to tell me the same thing in October and the same thing in November right. and the same thing in December. So at some point, you know, when does it break and say, you know what, what's working now could be a lot better if we took a couple steps back. And we had an arsenal full of salespeople that actually brought insight. What would that look like? But I think everyone's running around in that 30-day window, that 60-day window, whether you're sales or sales management, they go, hey, all this stuff sounds great, but, and then we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Well, again, I think the way we teach, train, develop people betrays us and creates a lot of the problem because we have have unwittingly taught salespeople that their differentiation is only based on their product itself. Right. My features are better than your features. Yes. You know, my, my financing is better than your financing. So I'll go into places and say, all right, l- let me ask you a very simple question. Why should I buy from you? <laughs> and, and, and yeah, I get a lot of answers and they, they kind of come in a couple of different buckets. One is, well, because we have great quality or great service, or we've been around a long time, you know, it's very generic. The other side of that now is, and I think this has gotten some traction from some people who have talked about this, uh, you know, on the internet say, well, I really can't answer that question until I know more about you. <laughs> well, now, 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 hang on a second. You're telling me that you can't describe for me the value that your clients <laughs> get from doing business with you until you know what I want to buy. And right. I'm going to tell you unequivocally, that's nonsense. It's I can, nonsense. My clients buy from me and the company because of our performance and the things that we've done in the past, the things that we do differently, the things that we focus on, the things that make us unique uh, against our competition. Now, that's a reason to have a conversation. Now we'll talk about solution. And the more I understand your company, your industry, like you said, Larry, I can speak the language of your business, then I can make that solution fit well. But I mean, you've you got guys out there who really don't even know what makes their company and their performance in the past uniquely differentiated. And so they can't be compelling to anybody. Right. They'll say, well, I, I don't know until I talk to you. Listen, you want to 
you want to buy sales training services from me or leadership development services from me or whatever. They say, well, Riggs, why should we buy from you? I mean, we could buy from Levine or Daryl or, you know, one of a hundred guys you and I know, Larry, that, that are really good at this stuff. Why would we buy from you? Well, I don't know until I know what your salespeople <laughs> What? That makes no sense. Yeah, it's insanity. So, yeah. But I, I think that all of it goes back to doing the hard work as a sales rep and, and being intentional about spending some time with your current clients and learning yeah. them. You know, it's, it's so funny because I reflect back into the tens of thousands of dollars I spent on business school, right. And university and, and all of that. And, and I, you just think about for the price of a couple salads or sandwiches, taking someone to lunch and, and asking about their business and really getting to know not just them as a person, but also getting to know their business world. And I, I is, I mean, you can, you could get an MBA in a year doing that, taking someone to lunch, uh, you know, twice a week, uh, just, Man, I, I, and I, I got to comment on that. I got, yeah, it's so good, Daryl. I want to comment on that. Here's a pro tip for the guys that are listening out there. I got into the orthopedic business when I was a young man. I was 27, 28 years of age, and I'm calling on orthopedic surgeons that make, you know, amazing amounts of money, very highly sophisticated marketplace. Their vocabulary is, you know, PhD level and all of, you got to learn anatomy and physiology to even have a conversation, you know? Right. And, and, and I got to tell you, as an aside, Larry, you can appreciate this. Our, our company had this incredible training program for new salespeople. It went like this. Good luck. You know, that, that was our, that was our, do you not remember those days? You remember that day? company? Here's your cards. <laughs> a pat on the back and a swift kick in the butt. Yeah. Well, here was the deal. I graduated with honors. I was really, I, I did good with that. Yeah, I did very well. So anyway, uh, I, here's a pro tip for those people who are listening. Most salespeople are scared to death to act like they don't know something. When I went in to see mm. a surgeon, I would have a copy of like Journal of Bone and Joint Surgery or, uh, you know, the, the Sports Medicine Society Journal. And they would have all these technical articles in there. And I would go in and get in front of a doctor and I would say, listen, two minutes of your time. You know that I'm very new and I'm trying to understand how this particular procedure fits into what you do here. And I also have a question. I have absolutely no idea what this means right here. And what I found was the first time I did that, this doctor takes 15 minutes educating me about about these things. You talk about getting a PhD, man. And our company didn't provide that level of training. I mean, I'm exaggerating a little bit. They did right, help in sure. some ways, but I mean, I got 90% of my education simply by asking and admitting to people, I want to have a better understanding of how this works in your business. Can you help me? And wow. they did. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because nothing, nothing worse. And, and I always laugh at this and I, I've talked to Daryl offline about this a gazillion times. No, can you imagine? Cause I would love to play this out one day and just really see how it go is nothing worse than a salesperson walking into a C level meeting. Right. And you got a, you know, a CFO there, you got a CIO over there and maybe you have a chief marketing officer over there. And all of a sudden this salesperson starts babbling some of their acronyms <laughs> they use. Right. And then all of a sudden, some smart-ass CFO goes, so Kelly, tell me really how's that going to affect my bottom line and reduce this by this much and all that? Can you really help me explain that? And then just watch what happens. You'd have to change that kid's diaper. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely right. It's, um, you know, it, it's, it's one of the grossly underappreciated aspects of sale, selling in my book is, yeah. is knowing how business works and, and the kind of challenges that people run into running businesses. And it's what you makes know, and, the job and, and, interesting. 
I mean, it really yeah. is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest, that's the biggest concern I see right now. And that, and that, you know, that's, that, that's the biggest thing that, that I think that the, the tenured managers and the tenured salespeople can, can teach our rising stars, a rising future salespeople, the younger generation is let's teach them the business acumen. Let's teach them how to have those business conversations. And I don't think that's being taught well at all. Boy, that's no, I agree. Hold and that's the topic of a whole nother podcast. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> wow. And what a great conversation today, man. Thank you, Kelly, for being a part of this it is so exciting. Um, check out Kelly, uh, Kelly online. We'll share his, his uh, contact information on social media in the Selling from the Heart show notes and check out his book. I'm really looking forward to reading this book, by the way. Thank you. And uh, because I think the topic's extremely relevant, we'll probably have you back to talk about that. But everybody, thanks for joining us this week. Thank you so much, uh, everybody in the Selling from the Heart community for uh, just being who you are, being genuine, being authentic, doing the hard work. Uh, we just want to challenge you this week to, to consider what you can do to learn about your current clients and a great action step would be to invite somebody to lunch. That's a current client and begin asking them about their business. Probably the best 25 bucks you could ever spend uh, just getting someone, uh, you know, and, and really not just building the relationship, but building your knowledge along the way. So once again, Kelly, thanks for being here. Thank you everybody else. Keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep doing the hard work, learn from your current clients, and most of all, sell from the heart.